With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's my nerd world. Welcome to it, a Star Wars show on this week's episode. We'll talk a little bit about episode three of season two of The Bad Batch. Vintage toy find goes up for auction. Really incredible story if you've collected any Star Wars toys. You definitely want to check this out. We have a little bit of details as it relates to the upcoming live-action Ahsoka show, plus more rumors about the new movies, when they could be announced, and how many. Plus, I'll tell you what Star Wars needs to be when it gets back on the big screen. Thank you so much for checking out the show this week. Remember, support my nerd world. Pick up your copy of the Embark Science Fiction Space Opera series where you can follow a ragtag squadron of pilots and one reluctant hero on a journey of survival from Earth to the far reaches of space as they fight for humanity's future among the stars. Available on Amazon.com or head on over to MyNerdWorld.net. Nothing will stand in our way. I find your lack of faith disturbing. I will finish what you started. Who are you? No one. There are stories about what happened. It's true. All of it. The Force. It's calling to you. My nerd road. Just let it in. It is my nerd world, the Star Wars show. I'm your host, John Justice. And again, thank you so much for checking out this week's uh, episode. Haven't done a lot of Star Wars watching lately, apart from my continued rewatch of everything in chronological order with my son, uh, Kyle, and the Bad Batch. Now, right now, I think we're on season four of The Clone Wars, which has been actually a, a, a really fun. I don't think I've ever sat down and watched The Clone Wars in its entirety I've never sat down and watched everything in chronological order. Uh, certainly never sat down and watched The Clone Wars in chronological order. And it's been a fun watch of watching the original Clone Wars, but then also taking in these new Bad Batch episodes. And immediately we're seeing the tie-ins from the previous Clone Wars to the Bad Batch. So that's been that's been fun. But I'm really excited uh, to sit down and uh, and talk to you this week about all things of Star Wars. I think my next Star Wars watch might actually be A New Hope for a very specific reason, and I'll get to that a little bit later on in the episode. First, uh, let's start off with a bit of news. I'll give you my thoughts on uh, the Bad Batch, an interesting article about Commander Cody out of Den of Geeks, and uh, then uh, the story of these over 300 original Star Wars action figures found in a collector's 
closet in Chicago going up for auction. We'll get to that story here in just a minute. So let's go ahead and kick it off with uh, the major news this week. When I found you, I saw raw, untamed power. And beyond that, something truly special. Episode 3 of The Bad Batch Season 2 dropped uh, this week. Enjoyed the episode. I'll, I'll be honest, I actually missed The Bad Batch and Omega Omega uh, in this episode. I suppose I probably should have taken a clue from the title, The Solitary Clone, as um, evidence that we may not get The Bad Batch in this episode. Needless to say, it, it was a very great episode. It was dark, however. Dark and, um, I don't want to say disturbing. It reminded me quite a bit of the final episode of all of the Clone Wars in season seven that was released just a couple of a uh, couple of years ago. Um, but I enjoyed the fact that the show once again displayed the oppressive nature of the Empire as it's growing into power. Seeing the transition from your normal uh, Clone Wars era clones into the TKs that we became so familiar with in the original series. And of course, this particular episode uh, focusing on uh, Crosshair and uh, his time in the Empire and really, and spoilers ahead for the latest episode of the Solitary Clone from the Bad Batch here, uh, but really heading us down a direction where I was expecting that Crosshair would eventually uh, join back up with the Bad Batch, but seeing what plays out in this episode and how ruthless he was in his uh, murder of the planet's uh, leader at the end of the episode, uh, I'm wondering now if he's heading down a path where he's not going to be able to be redeemed at this point in time. The big, however, the big arc in this story uh, really, in, in my opinion, was less about about crosshair um or maybe at least in equal um with that of commander cody den of geeks put out an article uh that i wanted to share with you and i had very similar thoughts leading into this episode so uh their article is titled star wars just redeemed a controversial revenge of the sith character they spend a vast majority of the original part of the article laying out what happened in revenge of the sith and order 66 and how we didn't really have an answer as to why the clones would just suddenly all turn on the jedi just because palpatine gave an order um this controversial character of Commander Cody, now we get a much more... Uh, we, we find out what happened to him, right? Um, Commander Cody, for those that don't remember, in Revenge of the Sith, um, is the individual who we originally see get the order, the original clone on Utapau, uh, who shoots down and shoots at Obi-Wan mere seconds after working uh, with Obi-Wan to take down General Grievous and his Separatist forces in Revenge of the Sith. Again, prequel fans... We were finally given an answer to Order 66 in the episodes of The Clone Wars, focusing on the chip implant and the impact that it would have, which carried over, obviously, into Bad Batch Season 1. But we were still uh, left to wonder what became of Commander Cody after the adventure of Revenge of the Sith. Now we know. 
sent on a mission in the solitary clone with former Bad Batch member Crosshair to Desix, once a separatist allied planet now rejecting Imperial rule, Cody is starting to have his own doubts about the galactic order he serves. He's learned in the months after the end of the Clone Wars that the Empire isn't really what it claims to be. Are the clones working to topple independent governments to take over peaceful planets really the good guys anymore? It's clear in the episode early on uh, that Cody will eventually have to decide that for himself. It all comes to a head when the cowardly Imperial officer orders Cody to execute the planet's governor. Uh, Twani aims. When Cody hesitates, it's Crosshair who pulls the trigger, eliminating the enemy, who they both know was just trying to protect her people from Imperial invaders. While they accomplish their mission, restoring peace and prosperity to the planet, Cody's belief in the Empire as a force for good has been irrevocably shaken. At the end of the episode, Crosshair learns that Cody has defected from the Empire. His whereabouts are unknown. It's a decision that at the very least begins to redeem a character who was originally best known for turning on his back on his best friend. The episode makes clear that while the biochip may have robbed him and his fellow clones of a choice of Revenge of the Sith, the life they chose to lead under the Empire is still up to them. It's unclear what's next for Commander Cody, whether he chooses to live in hiding somewhere in the far reaches of the galaxy or joins up with the Bad Batch or Rex in a future mission. But his story is likely far from over now that he has set down on a new path. And what happens to Cody if he comes across a Jedi still having that chip in his head? I can't help but wonder if perhaps we're going to find out that the chip in and of itself maybe wears off after a while. It did take on this bio look. It didn't look mechanical when it was um, shown in the Clone Wars series, right? It looked something more that was made up of cells than it was of anything. Um, It looked more organic is what I'm trying to say. So perhaps the chip ends up wearing off. Um, That being said, it was a very dark uh, and sad episode. And certainly by the end of it, it had me wondering where Cody was going to, uh, to go. I had my, uh, my, my son corrected me. I, I was, I was under the impression that perhaps he ends up showing up in rebels, but that's not the clone crew uh, that, uh, that the rebels in the, self-titled show end up coming across in that series and so i tend to agree with den of geeks that more than likely um we'll end up seeing uh something happen with cody uh sometime uh, sometime down down the line so that being said what do you think as always talk show nerd at gmail.com or if you're watching on youtube you can leave a comment there i collect action figures i've done a lot less as of late uh, priorities as you get older and raising a family, you can't spend nearly as much money on toys as you would uh, as you would like. I will say that I will say this though, and I just remembered I need to go to uh, another Target. Uh, my son and I, uh, Kyle, I've been spending a lot of time with my 16 year old lately. We uh, went to Target just recently, and they had uh, clearance items out from Christmas, and they had put all of the. Um, the vintage, all of the, excuse me, the retro collection of action figures were on sale for three fifty. Now, these normally run for eleven ninety nine. These are the action figures from the most recent series. And so I picked up all the ones from Obi-Wan Kenobi. Now, I'm not the biggest fan of the Obi-Wan Kenobi series show, but I really like these retro action figures. These are the characters from the show or the movies made in the style of the original Star Wars action figures. Much simpler versions, not nearly as much detail. 
um, on Kenner cards that look a little worn. They're kitschy, but I really, really like them just because they match those original action figures that I had as a kid and I still have here on display in my collection in my bedroom. So I was really excited to be able to continue my collection without breaking the bank and spending um, a, a lot more money than I should have on these. And so I was able to uh, to pick up the Grand, uh, the Grand Inquisitor, uh, I picked up the yellow droid from uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, who else did I pick up? The fifth brother I picked up. I would get up and look over there. I already had Ahsoka. I had her in the... Um, oh, and Obi-Wan Kenobi also in the uh, in the retro collection. So uh, if you if you like the retro collection, you got a Target nearby, I would definitely head on over uh, and see if they, uh, if they have those uh, discounted. They also had several other action figures discounted as well, including some of the, uh, the Archive series, especially I saw several Jawas and, uh, and Princess Leia's. And so uh, now's a good opportunity that if you, are a, if you are a collector in any way and looking to pick up some bargains, uh, head on over to your Target and, uh, and check those out. All right, let's go ahead and uh, dive into um, some rumors this week. This is not going to go the way you think. Speaking of Ahsoka, and again, spoilers abound here. Not big spoilers, though, and this should not come as a huge surprise to anybody. But Disney Plus and the Ahsoka show is rumored to include a fan favorite Rebels creature. With Dave Filoni being the showrunner, this makes sense. Making StarWars.net has actually posted up some artwork of this, but it looks like we might be getting a live-action version of the wolves, um, or a wolf, as previously seen in the um, Rebels show. Uh, And again, Dave Filoni, for those that don't know, who, along with uh, George Lucas, was, you know, clearly... Uh, clearly learned from George Lucas, was also a part of the Clone Wars in developing the Ahsoka character, uh, has included uh, wolves in a lot of the Star Wars lore, uh, including those series of stories taking place on Lothal in uh, in Rebels. So not a huge surprise that we would see potentially uh, one of these wolves uh, show up in the Ahsoka series. Now, moving on to some of the bigger rumors from last week and this week. Talked about this a little bit on last week's show. Uh, rumors coming out about the Damon Lindelof produced, uh, directed by the Marvel's uh, Miss Marvel uh, live action show on Disney Plus, uh, Star Wars film being fast tracked for a release. Uh, the rumors that we talked about last week was a person of color being the lead. There's been some back and forth as to whether or not as a male or female. Most of these rumors are coming from Hollywood insider uh, Jeff Snyder. Uh, It was finally sort of zeroed in that the Damon uh, Lindelof produced and written, directed by the Miss Marvel show director, a Star Wars film, will be led by a person of color uh, who would be a woman. Okay. Um, I'll be upfront and honest. I don't care. And this is what I want to get into. Um, Let's go here with the other rumor, and then I'll dive into my... I'll dive into my commentary here of what I believe the the next Star Wars film needs to be on the big screen. Uh, And you can couple this with a bit of my commentary from last week's episode. The latest rumor uh, also comes from Jeff Snyder, as talked about on the Sith Council with uh, Christian Harloff. But Star Wars Celebration is taking place in London on April, uh, starting on April 7th of this year. And uh, the big talk is that we'll get movie announcements at that date. As we mentioned on last week's episode, this film that I'm speaking of being led by Lindelof and the Miss Marvel director 
Her name's really hard to pronounce, so I'm just going by that. Uh, this is uh, <laughs> this is the movie that is that is everybody is saying will be fully announced and could begin uh, filming as early as April. So it would make sense that we would get an announcement with filming starting in April at London at London's Star Wars Celebration. Okay. Now there's speculation that we could get an, an, an announcement of three films at Star Wars Celebration. Now, whether, whether this means that this particular film is actually going to be a trilogy, uh, whether this means that the other rumored films that we have talked about before previously on a recent episode, Sean Levy uh, being one of the um, individuals out in public saying that he was working on a Star Wars project, it remains to be seen. But... There is some speculation that Disney may be getting, and Lucasfilms more specifically, may be getting their act together in terms of laying out the future of Star Wars films and that we could get that announcement and it makes all the sense in the world that we would at Star Wars Celebration in London. Now, there's interesting things happening behind the scenes at Disney as well. There was a story that broke today out of the Hollywood Insider that the board of directors is in a bit of an upheaval, that Bob Iger is making some changes because some of the larger investors that sit on the board for Disney are upset at what Disney has done with the intellectual properties that they have, comparing them to Netflix that has a lower budget, saying that the quality of product hasn't been nearly as good. Um, I can see the arguments as to why some of the shareholders would feel that way and why it would be very important for Disney to get their act together, especially as it relates to Star Wars and theatrical releases, because I will still contend that's where Star Wars' bread and butter and future is going to be on the big screen. I think that the other Bob CEO that just got ousted, I think he was wrong in saying the future of Star Wars is on TV. Based off of what we've seen so far in terms of the sort of back and forth quality of content, I still contend that it's the big screen. And when you look at what Avatar, and this is where I want to go, when you look at what Avatar has been able to do, it shows you how viable movies still are. So, makes all the sense in the world that we would get an announcement of films that would debut in December, uh, starting in December of 2025, then 26 and 27. Again, I still feel like they could get a movie out by 2024, but with the next Avatar film coming out in December of 2024, why would you want to put a Star Wars movie up against it? And while I would love to get a Star Wars movie next year, I think it's a good thing if they wait. And this is the reason why. Star Wars needs to be special Again, as an extension of my Avatar comments from last week, I understand that this is a little like attempting to make something viral, working in an entertainment industry, which it is. Even I'm a talk show, but it's entertainment. I'm a talk show host, but it's entertainment. You know, I've 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 been around programming staff, not here, but other places where they've encouraged us go make that viral moment. Well, that, it doesn't it doesn't happen that way. The, the TikTok trends come out organically. You can't just make something go viral. But even though that's not how it works, you can make something special and genuine and authentic. And yeah, I'm going to talk about Avatar The Way of Water again, regardless of your opinion of it. I love the film. And the truth of the matter is, this three hours plus long movie is going to cross very soon $2 billion. It's the biggest film of 2022, and it's going to end up 
landing, probably in the top five of the biggest and top earning, top grossing films of all time. Why? Because it's special. James Cameron has done that now with two movies. He's done that with most of his movies. When you look at Titanic, when you look at Avatar, when you look at now Avatar The Way of Water. Two films in Avatar that did what the first Star Wars did. Now, not in every way. Avatar is not changing the culture. It's not having the massive impact on the on, on, on the cultural zeitgeist the way that Star Wars did. I would actually argue that you you probably can't do that anymore. How we consume our entertainment, how deluded and filled we are in our daily lives with all kinds of entertainment. It is just a different world and landscape. There's no room in people's lives anymore to be consumed by one thing for that long a period of time. When Star Wars came out, there was room. When Star Wars came out, it was special. It was unique. And there were rooms, there was room in children's lives and in adults' lives to be consumed for the most part by Star Wars. For it to really just soak into every fiber, you know, fiber of society. Now they try to do that now when it comes to films. You see the marketing that tries to reach out in every aspect of society. You know, from cereal boxes to automobiles, right? They still do this. But it still doesn't have that same type of reach and impact anymore because there are so many things entertaining us. There's just no room anymore. It's hard to fill a cup which is already full. That being said, you can still make Star Wars special. Go back to that original Star Wars movie. In A New Hope, everybody always talks about that opening shot of the Star Destroyer, right? And they should. I mean, it was just, it, it left us just wide-eyed. What are we seeing? But what doesn't get enough attention is A New Hope, that first Star Wars movie before it was called A New Hope, when it first came out in theaters, it was filled with moments like that. Everybody talks about that Star Destroyer opening shot. But it doesn't stop there. Stormtroopers that end up bursting into the Rebel Blockade Runner. Are they robots? What are these things? Followed by this clad in black villain. Is he a person? We go on this amazing, fantastical science fiction fantasy story as seen through the eyes of these two droids. We end up on this very familiar-looking barren desert where we meet this farm boy, you know, longing for something more, something that so many of us could relate to in wonder. We moved through the film and we marveled at the Death Star. Oh my gosh, it's a gigantic mechanical planet in space. We looked in horror as it fired these green lasers in a way that we'd never seen before and destroys an entire planet. We see TIE fighters and smugglers and Wookiees and space, fr- space freighters. You mean you've never heard of the Millennium Falcon? We hadn't until that point. 
We see a princess who is a, a heroine, not a damsel in distress, willing to go toe-to-toe with the walking carpet and the scoundrel himself, the hero who's reluctant but desperate for something more, who rises to the occasion, the wise elder who teaches us the ways of the force and sacrifices himself only to mysteriously guide Luke during the one of the most amazing space battles, if not the most incredible space war we'd ever seen. From the sweeping opening music to its crescendo and uplifting finale, we need that magic back. Take until 2025 and put the magic back in the storytelling. James Cameron has done it with a world that's not nearly as interesting as Star Wars. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, what we're seeing is, I mean, it's its beautiful, it's breathtaking, but you can go out of it. I mean, J- James Cameron is basically taking what he's seen out in the real world because of his love of the ocean, and you can go to Turks and Caicos and go scuba diving, and while they won't be alien, they'll look alien if you've never seen it before, and it's just as beautiful. You can do anything with special effects, so amaze us again. Look, I don't know what that is. I don't have the answer. If I did, I wouldn't be a talk show host. I'd be making much more money working for Lucasfilm. I know that in my stories, I appealed to what I wanted to see, to what would thrill me on the big screen. That's what I've done in all seven of my books. What movie... If it wasn't Star Wars, would I want to walk into a theater and watch? That's what my Embark series is. A new generation is out there waiting to discover Star Wars all over again. Help them by creating something genuine. Don't worry about diversity and inclusion. Give us a story that we can all relate to as unique souls living on this planet. I know that they can do it. We've got amazing storytellers, and maybe Damon Lindelof is going to do that. I love the sequel trilogy. But they certainly weren't groundbreaking as it relates to Star Wars. I loved Andor. But it wasn't anything that we really haven't seen before in other genres. And this isn't to take away any of the Star Wars that I love. It is to say that James Cameron has done something with these Avatar films that, again, these are three-hour movies and we're totally fine sitting in the theater and watching them. Give us that spectacle and that awe again and and give us the, 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 the emotional weight of some good, relatable storytelling and don't worry about what the world says you need to go and conform to. Just give us something that we can relate to. We just did a rewatch of Foundation. And my understanding is it's nothing like the original books by Isaac Asimov. But I love that. I mean, I, I think I love this series more than I did. I'm becoming a massive fan. If you've got Apple Plus and you haven't watched it, you need to watch it. But there's, a, there's, some, there's some emotional weight to that. And we got to, the, we got to the finale of season one. Season two starts in the summer. We got to the finale of season one. And I already watched this one once. But I was in tears at the end of it especially the final moments of the of the show. And I knew what was going to happen. And I was in tears again. And I just remember thinking to myself, man, it's been a while since Star Wars has brought that kind of weight and that kind of emotion out of me. For as much as I love The Rise of Skywalker, The Last Jedi, and uh, 
The Force Awakens, I, I, I just, I haven't been moved. Give us the, you know, <laughs> we have the power to move people. So let's do it again. Let's make it special again. Leave me a t- uh, leave me a talk back. I'm talking like I'm on the radio again. <laughs> Talkshownerd at gmail.com. Leave a comment up on uh, YouTube. Uh, what do you think? Have you said, am I crazy? Have you seen Avatar? Do you know what I'm talking about? Do you understand what I'm driving at? You know, I just, I don't want them to go and, and, and attempt to try to make it feel like Star. I don't want to make it, don't try to copy it and say, well, we need to make it feel like this. No, just make something that is going to feel, that is going to give us emotion. We'll see. We'll see if they're capable of doing that. Thank you so much for checking out this week's show. That wraps it up. No listener feedback uh, this week. I had a couple. Thank you, CVP, for the uh, for for the message you sent. I had another one that honestly I was I had it in for listener feedback, but you know what? It was too negative, and I wanted to end on a positive note because I'm excited about the future of Star Wars, but I want it to move me again as a fan in a way that it hasn't for a long, long time. Even though I love a lot of the content that they've put out there, I look forward to hearing from you. Until we get to next week's show, I hope wherever you are, you are happy, you are healthy, you are safe. And we'll talk to you again real soon. Bye. The Force will be with you. Always. My Nerd Road. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.